the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. It's Morgan. We're going to say some weird things on this show. So I just want to warn you guys. I'm sorry. I don't want to say these things either, but they put us in these positions. The fact that I don't even want to say these words, and now I have to tell you about this political story, says a lot. Because we're going to talk about these inappropriate words and how it's relating to kids. And I refuse to ignore the story, so we're going to say the weird words. Are you ready? Let's do it. (laughs) Now, you guys, before we get into the show, I want to just quickly promote Vara Safety. If you haven't checked out my Instagram, I recently posted a tutorial on how I use the product. You guys are always asking about the kind of outfits that I'm wearing with concealed carry, the kind of holster that I like to use, the safe I use. One of the things that I think is an absolute must, especially after really having it for a long time and trying it out, is the Vara Safety Reach 2S. It's a combination between a safe and a holster in the sense that it's screwed into my bedside table. It's super sturdy, and I pull the gun as if I'm pulling from a regular sleek holster, but there's a fingerprint sensor, a thumbprint sensor, biometric sensor on the holster That acts as a safe and only unlocks for my thumbprint or anybody else who is an authorized user. So this is really the fastest way to get my gun. It checks all the boxes for security and reliability. And even cooler, it's all made in America. They're actually based near my hometown in upstate New York. So kudos to them. They do a great job. This is a product that I know a lot of families have been waiting for. A lot of people ask me how they can balance safety and security with immediate access. What I like about Uh, Varas as well is that you not only have immediate access, but you have immediate proper grip. So it's a great combination of all the things that we really need, especially for someone like me. I'm five feet tall. I weigh like a hundred something pounds and I live alone. So I like to be safe and secure and you got some weird people out there, right? Jeez. Uh, But if you want it, varasafety.com, V-A-R-A safety.com. I hope you guys like it because I love mine. Okay, you guys. So there's a few things I want to touch on. First of all, I'm kind of curious. Does it sound like I'm yelling? I feel like I'm yelling when I do these podcasts, but then somebody was at my apartment when I was filming an episode uh, last week, and they said that it's so relaxing to hear me record the podcast that I personally thought I was screaming in that they fell asleep. They took a nap in the room while I was recording the podcast. Isn't that fascinating? So I'm kind of curious. Do you think I sound like I'm screaming? Because I do. I get frustrated, you know? And this is going to be a more frustrating episode, which is why I, I thought I'd pose the question of, do I sound like I'm yelling right now? Well, this is a topic worthy of yelling. First, I want to show you guys, let's set the stage with a different topic or same topic, different issue. There is a viral video going around right now that students recorded of their Texas, Texas, Texas teacher defending pedophiles. This is what it is. We're not going to call them that. We're going to call them maps. No. Minor attracted persons. No. So don't judge people just because they want to have sex with a five year old. Oh. <laughs> 
Okay, so what that was, a a student in a Texas classroom called a pedophile a pedophile. And the teacher said, stop that. We're not going to call him that. We're going to call him MAPS, minor attracted person. And then what did she say? We're not going to judge someone for wanting to have sex with a five-year-old. Listen again. What? Stop it. Yeah. Yeah, no We're not going to call them that. We're going to call them maps. No. Minor attracted persons. No. So don't judge people just because they want to have sex with a five-year-old. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. Oh, what an episode already. Okay, so the teacher's saying you can't judge people for wanting to have sex with a five-year-old. Don't call them a pedophile. Call them map. A map. A minor attracted person. That's so ridiculous. So this is a good example of what I'm talking about when I say when you look at the the radical professors, right? Well, not even just with the sexual stuff, but with the history curriculum, with probonic socialism, with communism, a lot of people over the years have said, Morgan, we got to fix the college system. We got to get rid of the crazy professors. We've got to save the colleges. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. The only reason the colleges are able to so easily indoctrinate students with these radical professors and their curriculum is because these students are entering the college system with absolutely no knowledgeable grounding in any of these issues. And so they can't defend themselves. They can't defend their values because they don't have a common understanding to believe in something, to want to stand up for something. They don't even know that they're being indoctrinated. But if we perhaps properly equipped young people from elementary school to middle school to high school, and then if they wanted to pursue a college degree, they did go to college, but they had a proper understanding of the world around them from an early age because their parents, not the government, taught them these things, then perhaps if they saw a crazy professor or crazy teacher or whatever at any age, they'd be like, "Uh, you're a psycho. You need to go to a mental institution, and I'm not going to fall for it. But thank you, Professor. And then that kind of also brings us to the next question. Why are we paying them so much money to indoctrinate us? If this is what these kind of people say, then why are we paying them to be educators and give them authority over such crucial things? I believe politics is downstream from education. And right now, the left controls education. The woke left specifically controls education, and they are going to continue to indoctrinate in their political favor. Now, I could go on a rant about that, but we're going to go back to the topic. Maps, ridiculous, right? The rise of supporting absolute depraved behavior is disgusting to me. And so what's interesting is people always ask, like, how many messages do I get? Guys, I get a lot of random messages, okay? People send me things, and a lot of them are like, uh, oh, I thought you would like this. And it usually is. Like, somebody sent me a video yesterday of of a, a little girl literally like, training as a boxer and she's like dipping and she's punching and she's bobbing and weaving and doing all these things. And I'm like, you know, I think it's cool that someone sees a video like that and then says, I'm going to send that to Morgan Zeggers. So I appreciate those. I try and keep up with it, but sometimes it's a lot. So that being said, I try and scroll through my messages and and catch anything because there's a lot of good stuff in there. And I just hate looking at my phone. I'm a very anti-screen time. Okay. So I try and make the most of it. That being said, yesterday, I'm working and I see a message pop up from Jeff Chavez and he was posting about something happening in, happening in his community near Provo, Utah. There is a drag event being marketed to families and we're going to talk about it because I got myself in a little, a little tiff with these people and then I got blocked. So we'll, we'll play you the little timeline here. So Jeff sends me the post and I'm looking at it. And it's from the Rainbow Dot Collective, R A Y N B O W 
Collective on Instagram. They blocked me. Um, it's a big, bright purple poster, and it says, The Rainbow Collective, Back to School Pride, Drag Extravaganza. Performers include current and former BYU students. BYU is the college in Provo. Now, it says it's hosted by Jalaya Jambalaya and Lizzie McQueen. At the top of the poster, it says, Largest drag show Provo has ever seen. And then it says, in all caps, All ages, family-friendly drag show. Okay. So with that information, it's like, a little weird that they're promoting to kids because drag is usually like burlesque for men dressed as women and it's it's hypersexualized. So the idea of just performing in that way as a grown man wanting to put makeup on and dress up like that and then dance in front of children at a family-friendly event, that's a little weird, right? Like that that's one thing. So let's look at the uh, the guest lineup, okay? Because this is happening September 3rd, Saturday, September 3rd. This episode is going out September 2nd, so it means it's happening tomorrow in Provo, Utah. It's happening at uh, Kiwanis Park in Provo, Utah from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. is the festival, but the show starts at 6 p.m., so if you guys want to go, go check it out. Now, let's take a look at the lineup. We've got Jalaya Jambalaya and Lizzie McQueen, but we also have Lexi Gold, okay? Peter Pansy, okay, Chris Tall, okay, Kitty Kitty, Lilia Mon, maybe I'm pronouncing that wrong, Sherry Don't, Mary G Quality, Raja Blades, and then there's two that caught my eye. <laughs> two that caught my eye. One of them is Jenna Talia, Jenna Talia. The word is J-E-N-N-A, so the girl version named Jenna. And then last name, Talia. But you guys sounding it out, it's Genitalia. The next one, I'm so sorry for doing this to you, your poor ears. The next one is a man dressed as a woman, and, and their performing name is Anna Lee Kitch. Now, it's spelled out as A-N-A, so Anna. Lee, L-E-E, Cage, K-A-G-E. Well, well, let's sound it out. Anal leakage. Anal leakage. I can't believe I have to say that on my podcast. But I had to say it on my podcast because anal leakage and genitalia are performing at this all-ages, family-friendly drag show, back-to-school, pride, drag extravaganza Happening this Saturday, September 3rd, anal leakage and genitalia will be there to perform for kids of all ages at this family-friendly event. So obviously I have to get myself involved in this, you guys. Come on. Now, I share it. I'm posting about it. And I share the actual post from Rainbow Collective. It says, drag show lineup. We're so excited to announce the lineup for our back-to-school drag show. We have some incredible queens and kings who will be performing starting at 6 p.m. at Kiwanis Park. For those of you who have never attended a drag show before, here's a quick etiquette rundown. 1. Tip the queens! We will have both Venmo handles and cash collection for each queen slash king. Respect the performer's space. No one appreciates unsolicited touching. Be active and engaged in the show. 
Like all performance arts, the performers and audience work off of each other. More energy equals better show for everyone involved. The kings and queens are performing for everyone, not just you. Of course, engage with the show, but don't try to take over. <laughs> Respect everyone. This is a safe space for people to express their and experiment with their identities, you included. <laughs> and of course, have fun. This is the ultimate place to express yourself, appreciate art, and find your own community. And then it says, hello, friends. We are so excited for our upcoming Pride event. As you know, we're a nonprofit funded entirely by the kindness and generosity of our community. Because of this, we operate entirely on a volunteer basis. Back to School Pride Night is going to be huge, so our volunteer need is huge as well. And blah, 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 blah. So that's what we're dealing with here. There's about 12 performers. One's named Anal Leakage. The next one's Genitalia. And yeah, they're promoting it as a back-to-school event for families and kids of all ages. And it's a very like colorful, fun, sparkly poster that uh, what I was reading, somebody commented and they were like, as a graphic designer, this is disgusting to see because it's clearly tailored to a fun young audience. And then all you have to do is just like look a little bit deeper into the list of names and go, oh, well, that's disgusting. So we all started uh, sharing it and spreading the word about it. I wrote an article on tpusa.com. If you guys want to check out my little column there, I write some articles from time to time. Um, but I wrote on it, I started commenting and I encourage everybody to comment. I commented, interesting names. This is family friendly for all ages. <laughs> and then we had other people who said, in what world is a drag show ever family friendly? That's when Rainbow Collective said, we would love for you to come and see. You're more than welcome to come and be curious how it goes. <laughs> Allison said, glad I saw this so I can make sure not to take my two-year-old to our favorite park this weekend. Exposing her to someone called anal leakage is not my idea of a family-friendly activity. Right? So uh, then they uh, got a little defensive, right? Rainbow Collective then posts a chalk drawing onto their Instagram page and said, need some inspo for the next three days? Come and join us in supporting LGBTQ plus and marginalized students at BYU. We will be chalking from five to seven. And it was a rainbow chalk thing. And it says Christ was excluded for including. And it says faith without works is dead. So is love without advocacy. The next one said love, not muskets. Guys, this is morally depraved behavior. And now they're encouraging children to go perform What's crazy to me is that, yeah, I got blocked by the pages and then so did a bunch of other people that I know. And they then posted that they need security at the event and they're hiring security and they were asking for donations. So let's check that one out. Hey, y'all, it's Maddie with Rainbow Collective, and I just wanted to give you an update about Back to School Pride Night. So we just finished meeting with Provo Police, and we are so grateful for them. They're going to do an amazing job keeping the event safe. Um, if there happens to be any counter or anti-protesters, as you've probably heard on social media. We're asking um, for donations to help fund security at the event. Um, and we're also asking for help to spread the word about Pride Night. We want it to be loving and fun and everyone's invited. So DM us if you'd like to get involved and we're excited for a safe event. Okay, one. So they're working with Provo Police to make sure this is a safe environment. Does that mean the police are going to be making sure that it's a safe environment for the children? And how could it ever be a safe environment for the children if this is practically sexual abuse of children to expose them to the names anal leakage and genitalia. And then let me just be clear, you guys. So what I find really disgusting about this, I don't know. There's something about how we make these drag queens into stars, right? I mean, they, 
it's weird to see them because then when you actually find out who they are in real life and you just find out that they're like a random person that enjoys putting on female clothes and dressing up sexually in front of children and performing in front of children with the name anally kitchen genitalia, it's kind of like, well, this makes it even creepier. It's like, so all I had to do was click on the the profiles that were tagged in the original thing before I got blocked. And I was brought right to anal leakages page. And yeah, I mean, one of the first pictures is them just in like, uh, I don't even know what this is, uh, like scraps of clothing wrapped around their chest area and then around their neck as well. And they're holding up two metal fingers. Like that's one of the first things you see when you go to anal leakages page on Instagram after tapping their tag from a promotional thing for a family-friendly event. So it's like, that's a little weird. And then I go, and they're in more of these like strapped things with this thong on, pulling down the thong because it's like riding them up, and it says just drag. So then I was like, all right, well, this is anal leakage's page. What about genitalia? I click on genitalia's page, and her location, or his location? Their location was set as S-L-U-T, slut. So again, it's like family-friendly event tagging its participants. You click on the participants and then voila, you're brought to genitalia's page, location, slut. And uh, they're just in like basically lingerie all over their page. So that's what we're dealing with there. Pretty, pretty nasty. The second thing of that is, again, like how does that family-friendly? The second thing of that, that woman's video asking for donations so that they can hire security is is her saying, well, we want this to be a family-friendly event. Now, I commented on that too, and I said, if you want it to be a family-friendly, welcoming, loving event, you should probably not include people with the morally depraved names, anal leakage and genitalia, if they're going to be performing in front of kids. But you know, that's just one little idea, one little way to make it more more welcoming and loving as an environment, because there's nothing loving about sexual abuse of children. Okay? And so to kind of close out on this discussion, I posted this on Twitter as well, and it was a little, little uproar on social media in that, that small way. And I hope a lot of people show up in Provo and film this and document it and really hold these people accountable. But um, this one girl messaged me, like a lib. Her name was Dej, Deja. Um, Deja, she, her, her profile says abortion service and Black Lives Matter. So she posted on her story a bunch of videos of me uh, like my reaction to it. And then she replied to my story and said, what exactly do you think you're doing here? And I said, just letting my followers know how genitalia will be performing in front of children this weekend. Any thoughts? Do you believe performers with the names genitalia and anal leakage are appropriate for family-friendly all-ages audiences, or should they stick to adult crowds? And she said, I believe that kids aren't old enough to even put two and two together, and if they could, that is up to the child's parents, not you. Every all-ages show I've been to has been totally appropriate for children. <sighs> so that's a big assumption to make, that hearing anal leakage or genitalia and seeing grown men dance around as women in front of children in often sexual ways is not going to affect children at all. When I started looking and researching childhood development, when I was in the early you know, stages of the COVID pandemic, I was, I was just fascinated by all the lies that the left was putting out of children are resilient. They'll bounce back. They'll be fine. 
Because the the studies, you guys, are coming out, and it turns out that our kids, when it comes to educating them, they weren't that resilient. They didn't really bounce back. They actually struggled a lot, and we've lost a lot of progress in terms of the level of education of our children in this country. And by that, I mean it's apparently years and years, decades of progress in terms of the level that our children at certain ages should have achieved in math, in reading, in writing. We are struggling a lot. So I was really interested in it by hearing those COVID lies. And then from then, I just was even more passionate about it. I think as I become, you know, in my my mid twenties, I'm like, oh, I wonder how babies are formed, and I wonder how it all works, and whether it's the issue of abortion or whether it's just child development and the impacts of of different societal practices, like the impact of growing up in a single family or a, a single parent family, or growing up with two parents, or growing up in a strong community versus growing up in the middle of nowhere, going to public school, going to private school, being homeschooled. All that stuff really uh, fascinates me. And so one of the biggest things that I learned is that children learn via watching and they learn by imitating what they see. And so what you do in front of kids really matters. That's why like when you hear and you see those videos of like kids acting like little gangsters or whatever, and they're swearing and they're getting all freaked out or maybe they swear and they shout down somebody in public or like you see how they handle a hostile situation that's probably actually how their parents react to problems in front of them at home when no one else is around. And so that's why that kid acts like that now. So it's actually really sad to see kids that do kind of adult-like things and you go, oh my gosh, where'd you learn those words? Or, oh my gosh, where'd you learn that tone? Or where'd you learn to act like that? Uh, It was probably the people in their life that acted like that around the kids and didn't realize that the kids were watching and learning and they were going to learn via imitation one day. So When we know that kids learn the most through imitation, it becomes a little scarier to say, oh, well, I'm sure they'll be fine. They probably don't even know what's going on when they're brought to a drag show. Yeah, I beg to differ, and so does the science. So either way, Deja replies, and she says, have you ever thought of the queer children that may need the sense of community that are under 18? I promise you that if something is truly too inappropriate, it is censored. Have you ever been to a drag show? Um. I I mean, I've seen all the videos that go viral every single time because something always ends up happening inappropriate at these shows. I would not ever go to a drag show other than to expose them. Maybe I'll maybe I'll go to some in Texas or something. I'll like find out when the next one is. But it's not a situation of, oh, well, I just want to go and make sure nothing weird's happening. It's no, the whole core concept of bringing children to this environment, especially when those kind of outfits are worn and those kind of dances are being, are taking place and money is being passed around. It's just wildly inappropriate from the start. So no Deja, but thank you for talking to me. Thanks for replying. I appreciate it. Okay. Let's move on to the next topic. We got a situation where we are apparently domestic terrorists. Let's get into it. Okay. So a weird chain of events happened over the last week. And at first it's like, oh, one weird thing here. Another weird thing there. But then when you kind of add it all up, it's like, oh, man, what a mess. Uh, This is not looking good. We're on a not so good path, if we want to put it lightly. So one of the first things that caught my eye is the fact that the, the lovely, lovely providers of justice at our federal level of government, uh, they decided to post a picture of the raid at Mar-a-Lago, the FBI raid, where they have all of these documents all over the floor. And then uh, they purposely, I believe, I think this is all staged. They staged all these papers on the floor covered with these top secret 
file covers to make it look like, oh my gosh, look at all the documents that were top secret. And then next to that is a little uh, filing box with picture frames and it's Donald Trump on Time Magazine's cover. And they released it and oh my gosh, the left went into a tizzy of like, oh, look how many of the documents were top secret. Look how many of the documents were classified or whatever the, the proper term is. Oh my gosh, this is so bad. I see it and I go, oh my gosh, we are so screwed. This has become so politicized. What's going to happen next? I, I, my favorite takes on this, I think it was Jack Pozo. He was like, we're living in a movie. Um, that's exactly what's going on right now. Nothing good is happening right with this, with the politicalization of the FBI, of the DOJ. And it's only going to get worse because we're only entering the midterms, you guys. With that being said, that happened and it was like, oh man. But then what also happened this week is Joe Biden filed to run for re-election. Did you guys hear that? Uh, it was kind of like slipped under the, the radar in this one because there's so much going on this week. But he officially filed the papers to become a candidate in 2024 for president. So he's going to run for re-election, or at least he filed the papers. I mean, on one end, you can look at this and say, maybe they're just filing the papers to avoid the probability that he like probably won't run again and he might just drop out after or whatever it may be, but they just kind of want to hush-hush any potential primary challenges or any potential turmoil that's going on internally in the DNC. So that could be the case as well. They might just try to be trying to hide it. But so they announced that he is once again running, which means now he's going to be a candidate in 2024. He's going to be in the campaign season. And I just found it quite strange because the same week that this happens, you see some really freaky stuff happen. So not only does the FBI and DOJ, they, they start leaking this kind of stuff in a politicized way from the Mar-a-Lago raid. But we also had a different interesting video that came out. And it is a national security analyst, Juliet Kayim, who claims that guns are a homeland security problem and goes on to assert that those who have, quote, objections to gun control are fundamentally anti-police and then claimed that victims of mass shootings are often police in tactical gear. Very interesting. But it goes in step with, so you think people that support the Second Amendment, that are against gun control, are a concern for homeland security? This is right in step with the narrative that we are further and further into this, oh, they're domestic terrorists. They're domestic terrorists. They're threats to our freedom. So this this happened but then other stuff happens. But I want to play you this video first. And so you can see how ridiculous it is. Say, but there's a new Beyonce song called America Has a Problem. And every time I hear it, I think this is it. Like this is this is the homeland security problem. We're, we're just not seeing it as one because each separate case we can explain away in some ways. Yeah, it, it is. Uh, look, uh, don't get me wrong. Yes, the guns are a connective tissue. But right. isn't it people's? Actions really to responsible. There are people yeah. who have access to guns who don't go off and just shoot people and rob stores and you know what I mean. This Leave is, people for dead. Yeah, absolutely. And this is where I, th I think this is where I think the politics of this, or at least the discussion around gun control, is getting very interesting. Uh, because what you're seeing, at least in the, in the last couple of months, is a, a commitment to supporting police. If you look at it, the American Recovery Act, 85 billion going to police, going to police departments from a Democratic administration. And Democrats have often been accused of sort of supporting defund the police. So you have this 
sort of very focused effort to support police and law enforcement. And then a narrative, or at least as we're going to hear from President Biden tomorrow uh, when he supports an assault rifle ban, that objections to gun control are fundamentally anti-police. I mean, this is the way that this narrative is forming. And if you look at some of the victims in these shootings, they are often police who have tactical gear. They just are, they can't protect themselves against some of this weaponry. We saw some military, uh, foreign military uh, soldiers also be victims. And so it's a very interesting confluence of the sort of support police and the, and the, and, and the blue with viewing objections to gun control as being anti-police. And I think that's a connection that most Americans can relate to. And most police departments, urban police departments, are very supportive of gun control for this reason. They see who are often victims of, the, of, of these kinds of incidents. Yeah. There's just something really weird about that. So it's, it's so strange to me to see how pro- law enforcement, the left becomes when it's time to politicize those groups of people against their political opponents. And when it's time to weaponize them against us, there's something really weird about it. They just divided our country for multiple years with the phrase defund the police. And it kind of reminds me of the, the woke military of, of we're seeing them infiltrate every institution. They got rid of all the people in the military that wouldn't get the vax. So anybody that was courageous enough to stand up for themselves and their bodily autonomy, they got them out. And now they're able to get these woke leaders in the military that are screwing us over. That's been a problem for quite some time. And so now I'm I'm a little worried of like, okay, so you wanted to defund the police for how long? And then now you're sending millions, billions of dollars into funding new police officers and law enforcement? And then you're saying that if you're anti-gun control, you're anti-police and that the police are actually pro-gun control. That's kind of fundamentally anti-American because I think here's the here's the difference. When we say back the blue, when we say we support law enforcement as conservatives and as people just with common sense in America, in the right, on the left, in the middle, it's because we believe in justice. We believe in law and order and justice and law enforcement is intended to hold bad people accountable, protect the innocent, protect the good guys, and make sure that people aren't being taken advantage of in society. Basic fundamental purpose of law enforcement, right? To serve the members of the community and make sure that they aren't harmed, that they aren't hurt. But I don't think that's what the left means when they say they want to increase the police. This looks like they want to build a police state And they're telling us right to our faces, if you are against gun control, you're against the police. So something about that just really doesn't combine well in my mind. I'm really having a hard time not seeing something bad coming out of this. So that was an interesting video, right? Well, then we get this. This is Joe Biden at a speech this week. They're not unlimited. Right now, you can't go out and buy an automatic weapon. You can't go out and buy a cannon. And for those brave right-wing Americans who say it's all about keeping America, keeping America's independent and safe, if you want to fight against the country, you need an F-15. You need something a little more than a gun. 
No, I'm not joking. Think about this. Think about the rationale we use that's used to provide this. And who are they shooting at? Shooting at these guys behind me. Did you hear that? He was pointing at the military and law enforcement behind him on stage. Oh, my throat is like tight right now. I'm like, I'm getting hives just hearing this kind of stuff. Um, First of all, we started a revolution in our country just a handful of centuries ago over some overtaxation and the concept uh, this is what there's a story of after the revolutionary war yeah i'll tell you i'll tell you the story there's a story of after the revolutionary war i can't remember the guy's name but somebody went around and was trying to find veterans from the revolutionary war and a bunch of them had passed away but there was still a few and so one day he comes across one who was a hardworking farmer, worked with his hands all of his life, and picked up a gun and joined the Revolutionary War to fight for America's freedom. And he was there. I mean, he he apparently heard the shot heard around the world at the first battle, and he fought through the Revolutionary War and then and lived through it. And the guy was like, "Well, well, tell me why you did it. You know, I mean, it, was it the tea? Was it the tax on tea?" And the guy was like. No, I mean, I don't drink tea, so I, I wasn't really affected by that tax, and not, not a lot of us drink tea, actually. And was it was it them, uh, all the red coats in your community just overpowering you? And he was like, no, I, I live on my farm in the countryside. I wasn't really impacted by that either. And he went on and on through like the, the stereotypical reasons for why all the founding fathers got mad, right? And eventually he was like, it was truly just that I had always lived my life and control of my life uh, autonomously. We we lived here in the colonies and we we lived our lives as we pleased. And then over time, England, the monarchy, decided that we would no longer have autonomy over our own lives. And that's when I said, well, that's not how I intend to live my life and I'm going to change this. So we joined the Revolutionary War. Now, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember the name, you guys, but it is a fascinating story. Maybe by next episode, I'll remember it. That's why these people joined is is for these basic fundamental ideas that the government did did not respect their autonomy anymore. And we've seen our autonomy be continually disrespected over multiple years. But when you look at things as fundamental as the Second Amendment, which we talk about all the time as the concept that if you cannot stand up against your government, if the government does not fear the people, the government will oppress the people. The government will rise up. And now we have the president of the United States basically mocking us. That's what he was doing. He was mocking us, saying, oh, what? you keep claiming the Second Amendment is going to give you guys the power to stand up against us? Nice try. You're going to need an F-15. So was that him saying he's going to use an F-15 against us? Is that him saying, nice try, it's never going to happen, we've already worked through that, you guys are not a threat to us, we already plan to, to move forward knowing this? He just mocked us. The president of the United States just mocked the concept of the Second Amendment and then said, what? What, are you going to shoot the guys behind me? Are you going to shoot law enforcement? You're going to shoot American soldiers? Well, I'm sorry, but what happens when the left builds a police state one day, a military state, and then uses that to hurt and oppress Americans? And then they what? Claim the moral card of, oh, who are you going to, are you going to fight against average Americans? Well, yet yeah, you're you're using those groups to oppress the population this is like sick and twisted stuff 
So again, this is all happening in one week, the week he files for re-election. The last video I want to show you guys is his press secretary. Now, we've talked about this before. What's the role of the press secretary? To be the voice of the president and his administration, speaking to the press, speaking to the people of the United States on behalf of him so that we can have transparency. That's supposed to be the whole point. Biden never talks to the press personally. Like uh, Trump would get up on the podium in the White House press briefing room and just talk and answer questions. Biden doesn't do that. Now we have just Corrine Jean-Pierre, KJP is apparently what they're calling her, who talks on behalf of the president and the administration to us and just continually dismisses any important question. This is what she just said, though. As Think about all of it. He files to run for re-election. They leak a staged photo of the FBI raid after raiding the president's home just a couple weeks ago. Then they start mocking the Second Amendment. They say that if we're anti-gun control, we're anti-police, they say, what, are you going to use the Second Amendment against against us? They mock us and say, well, you might want to go get an F-15 because that's what you're going to need to beat us. And then they say, oh, are you saying you're going to shoot American soldiers and law enforcement? Is that what you're going to do? This is a level of insanity that I did not think we would reach. An American president mocking the population using the Second Amendment. I can't. I can't. So now, with all of that happening in one week, now let's listen to what his press secretary, the representative voice of Joe Biden and his administration, said just a couple days ago. The president thinks that there is an extremist threat to our democracy. Uh, The president has been clear, as he can be, on that particular uh, piece when we talk about a democracy, when we talk about our freedoms. Uh, The way that he sees is the MAGA Republicans are the most energized part of the Republican Party. Uh, That extreme, this is an extreme threat to our democracy, to our freedom, uh, to our rights. Oh, man. So. Imagine doing all this, filing to run for president. So now you're you're a candidate again. And you know that your probable opponent is President Trump. And you just declare through your government representative, not through your political arm representative, because she is taxpayer funded. Her salary is taxpayer dollars. You have her on a government podium declare to the press that MAGA Republicans, a.k.a. Trump supporters, because MAGA is Trump's slogan. MAGA Republicans are anti-democracy, are threats to democracy, are threats to our freedom, and threats to our rights. Imagine, I mean, you don't have to imagine it happened. How crazy is that? So it, it's like, what is the solution in this situation? I try not to just rant. I try and you know, talk about what the fix is. In some way, it's like, how have we be, become so dumb, so incompetent, so ignorant of history, of the world around us, of current events, of previous events that we have elected people who treat us like this? That's one of the big questions. What a mess. Jeez. Okay. Well, with that being said, I hope you guys understand and connect the dots here of what just happened this week. From what I'm seeing and from what I'm hearing from people that are more, you know, connected and stuff, it's like, Apparently a line has been crossed that's just, it's, it's not fixable. It's not fixable with just standard, standard politics. I don't know what that means. But just what we talked about this episode is insane. And you got to wonder, like, what is a fix for something like this? 
I'll think on it. Let me know if you have any ideas. I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks for listening. And uh, if you want to leave a five-star review, I'd really appreciate it. Thank you. Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.